Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chambers Five Questions with podcast. This is the place we take a deep dive with thought leaders from around our region. In this episode, Chamber President and CEO Bill Miles is sitting down with best-selling author and business coach Scott Beebe. They're going to talk about how redefining your mission and vision for your business can help you grow. He's also the author of the interestingly titled book, Let Your Business Burn. Let's hear what that's all about. Great to have you with us today. And uh, you come from a, a varied background and a graduate of University of South Carolina and then went on to seminary and I just look at some of the things that you've done from being a pastor to a uh, uh, dabbled in broadcasting a little bit, uh, pharmaceutical sales, um, and all those experiences really come into to coaching, yeah. and which is what you're doing today. And as we start this new year out, and we know that the past quarter people have been planning for a new year, New Year's resolutions and things, just wanted to talk to you a little bit today about what you've seen and uh, uh, what you're thinking on a few subjects. So if you don't yeah. mind... I'll just start firing away Let's at dive you. in. I'm All right. Me. You lead. Okay. Well, good. So the first question that I want to ask you today is, why is it so important for business owners to review their vision and mission every year? Mm. Bill, one of the things that we have the privilege of being able to do is seeing so many different business owners, business types sort of come in and out of our world. And we, we can start to sit just as you in, in the chamber worlds can see trends. You can see macro level trends. You can dig down to see micro level trends. We start to see those trends as well. And one, one of the biggest trends we see when people come to us, and we ask them, hey, what's what's the challenge? What's the roadblock? What's the headache? Normally, they'll they'll try to zero in on a symptom. My elbow hurts. You know, my ear hurts. Something smoke. I see smoke. And so we have to drill down a little bit and start to go, hey, what's what's causing the smoke? What's what's the fire underlying? And, you know, a lot of what we've seen is that we can focus on sales and we can focus on marketing. And that's awesome. Like we want to do a great job at that. The reality is, though, if you have a building that's about to fall down because it's poorly structured and you invite a crowd into that building, what are you going to do with the crowd? You know, they're in danger at that point. And so there's other things that we've got to be looking at um, as we review things like vision. And and so a lot of people come in and they'll feel like, I want to work on sales. I want to work on marketing. I want to work on operational production or whatever. And we always bring them back and go, hey, we'll get there. But if you don't know where you're going, the process, we could have a Ferrari in the garage. But if you don't know where you're going, it's kind of irrelevant at that point. And so a priority that we have all of our business owners walk through, and, and there's this great old statement that says, write the vision down so that those who read it may run. And so we want to kind of allow them to step back, provide them the, the room to step back so that they can look really far forward. Now, 15 years ago, looking really far forward was 15 years. You know, you, you've been in this world long enough where, you know, there was 15 year plans and 10 year plans. We're at the point now where we're really encouraging business owners not to go any farther than about a 36 month plan. Because where you and I sit today, seven days ago, there was a pretty significant event that happened in our nation's history. And, and I don't know that we know what life's going to look like in 30 days from now. And so 
going through that vision process of being able to sit down with business owners to go, hey, let's step back from what you feel is urgent right now and let's look at something that's really important so that all the urgent things that will come back in when we let the chaos come back in, you've got a vision set for where you're going so that we can start pushing those things away and there's a lot of purpose to where you're heading. Because uh, we were meeting with a group of business owners this morning and my final question to them is, I'm going to go around the room and I want to ask you, what do you want? And if a business owner could just stop and pause for just a second and even ask that question, it could, it could really change your life and change the lives of a lot of other people. So that's why we spend so much time really locked in on the vision and the macro perspective before we dive. Because we dive in to the trenches, but before we get into the trench, we've got to understand where are we headed long term. So write the vision down so ho- so those who read it can run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Yeah, and that's that's not that's not Peter Drucker. It's not Jim Collins. That's three thousand years ago right. that that statement was made. And so vision is something that's not modern day. It's not modern day uh, HBR theory. This is old old stuff that's still in play today. So so many distractions that are out there. And we all know that uh, how easily we're distracted. A question for you is, what do you see as the top distraction that uh, business owners face in their day-to-day operations? Yeah. So this is where I'm tempted to go back into the trench and go, ah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not getting their books right. We just had a CPA this morning uh, tell a business owner, you know what I'm tired of? I was just really honest. So I'm tired of you bringing me a bucket of receipts every three months that I got to go figure out, right? And so it's easy to look at those little things and go, those are the distractions. But honestly, let's go back to the smoke and fire metaphor. That's really just smoke, a bucket of receipts, um, late payables, not going after your collections. Those are all symptoms of a greater problem. And uh, I think the greatest challenge that a lot of business owners feel is that challenge of implementation. Uh, there's a, a great author, Joe Calloway, wrote a book called Magnetic, and he says in it, vision without implementation is hallucination. Vision without implementation is hallucination. So this idea that, you know, Hallie reached out and said, hey, can we do a podcast? Well, if all she and I did was just go, yeah, let's do a podcast, let's do a podcast. But I never drove down here. You never walked in the room and we don't implement on this. It's irrelevant. It's just an idea at that point. So one of the biggest challenges we've got to help overcome with a business owner is the mindset of implementation. Because when you wake up in the morning, as soon as you walk out the door or open up your phone, chaos just, it's like water. It just comes in at any opening spot. So we've got to work to seal off those spots so we allow space for implementation so that we can get the right things done headed towards that vision that we that we set early on. We're talking to Scott Beebe today and Business on Purpose, and it's always so great uh, hearing some of the the great uh, coaching that you're able to provide. Mm. And as we talk about coaching, explain to our listeners today the difference that uh, between consulting and coaching. We know that you're a business coach, and talk a little bit about that if you would. Yeah. So this is a uh, we actually write uh, articles on this uh, about the difference between these two, coaching and consulting, and even the reason it came up one time. This is the whole purpose that we wrote this article about coaching and consulting is because sometimes some uh, one, one time a business owner came to me and said, man, I need you to consult me. And I just felt this weird, like, 
that's just not me. And I'm not against it. I think consultants are amazing. They do amazing work. And so it got me to think, well, what's the difference? Why did, why did I react that way? What's the difference between coaching and consulting? And so when I started to dig, I found that, and you can think about this when you think about a coach on a field or on a court or anywhere else, a coach on a field is spending their days and their weeks game planning. They're strategizing, they're going through and they're looking at different angles. They're studying the competition uh, and they're trying to get the most out of whoever it is that they're coaching. But part of coaching that particular talent or player is setting that game plan, installing it, but then accountability and showing up to practice. Listen, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, do they need coaches? Yeah, because they know themselves that if they don't have a human being standing out there on the driving range, on the court, on the field, they might show up physically, but they're not going to be all in. And so what a coach has the ability to do is not just rah-rah, motivate and all of that, but to be able to come in and install the right plays because they've come from a background of study. Here's where a consultant plays a really valuable role. A consultant comes in with a book of best practices from years, decades of research and says, hey, we've looked at all this. I've got a ton of experience in this area. If you do this, you'll have a better chance of success. But then the consultant usually goes, take this, you go do it, and then we can follow up sometimes later. There's not that day in, day out. Let's check in and see how you're doing. So a consultant runs things from more of a best practice high end. A coach is in it day to day. Not necessarily at the business every day, but we meet with our business owners uh, at least twice a month and we're always in there with them. Usually a consultant will come in for a solid week, do some research, write a report, send that report over and say, hey, you go do this and implement. So that's the big difference between the two. Some coaches do consulting, some consultants do coaching, but those are the big differences in their purest form. And you're uh, a coach and only a coach. That yeah, and, and you know what's funny is, is I've been asked before, Scott, do you do life coaching? And my answer is no. But life coaching always comes about, right? Do you do consulting? No, but consulting always comes in. And so even though we're a coach and we take people because we have got a prescribed playbook called the Business on Purpose Roadmap, we take business owners through. But in the midst of that, because here's what we found, Bill, is life and business necessarily intersect. Uh, we've got a situation right now in one of uh, our business clients where one of the key leaders is going through a really, really challenging family situation. And it's a it's a bad split that's going to last for years and years and years. Well, that key leader brings that into the workplace. And that key leader also takes the workplace into the home. And so a lot of times when we're sitting there in the midst of coaching, we've got to pull back from that coaching a little bit to go, hey, let's work on life. And so sometimes we have to do life coaching, even though I don't really know what it is. <laughs> we, we do life coaching. And then sometimes we do consulting to go, hey, I'm not going to hold you accountable to this thing, but I will walk through some things based on my experience that I think can be helpful for you. Thank you. Scott, how, uh, how can a business owner overcome the obstacles from implementing the strategies outlined in a business success plan? Yeah. You know, we had an architect ask me earlier today. <laughs> I thought it was a very self-aware question. He said, how do I hold myself accountable? How do I hold myself accountable? I think it's in a very aware question in, in really understanding yourself. And what we've got to be able to do is I go back to that word implementation. So let's take the first thing we talked about, Bill, vision. And then that second track we talked to about implementation. There's a third word that I think is key in implementing those things and the question you ask. And that's this word repetition. 
when we have the mindset of implementation with the vision of what we see out there, if we can add the ingredient of repetition, that's what uh, synergizes and kind of catalyzes everything there. Uh, my first ever manager at Pfizer, you mentioned I was, I was a legal drug salesman early on <laughs> in, in my life. Legal. Uh, yeah, legal drug salesman. And uh, Skip Clarkson um, and I would sit in front of a doctor's office in the little company car I had in Augusta, Georgia. And we would just look in the doctor's office and we'd get on my little IPM think, uh, IBM ThinkPad and we'd pull up doctor's information and look at it and do all that stuff. And, and then he would ask me, uh, uh, Scott, tell me more about what's going on in this office. And so I'd tell him and he'd look at me and he'd say, Scott, are you, uh, do you know or are you guessing? Do you know or are you guessing? And I'm like, oh, and this is a, this is a veteran in Pfizer. This guy's been around for 35 years. I mean, I'm getting coached. And finally, one day uh, I said, Skip, I got to admit, man, I'm just guessing on some of this. And he said, Scott, if you keep learning and keep learning and keep learning, you'll stop guessing and you'll start knowing. And I said, well, I, I, I get it. And I said, Skip, but how do I? really do this. And he said this, and this stuck with me. Now, this was over 15 years ago. He said, Scott, repetition is the mother of all learning. Repetition is the mother of all learning. Repetition. And you always say it three times. Repetition is the mother of all learning. And it's really stuck with me. And the way that it fleshes itself out in business now is I'll take one of the hallmarks of any business that every organization needs is not only a vision story, but is a powerful set of team meetings. I said it, the, the ugly, nasty word, team meetings. But when a team meeting is agenda-driven and leader-led, then what you have is you have that team meeting every week or every other week. or whatever. And so you install repetition into the business. And as long as you've got the implementation of bringing in a 12-week plan or whatever your goal-setting metric is, the repetition of showing up every time. My wife and I are trying to do a date night every Wednesday night this year. That's our goal. Now, we've got older kids, so we can have some time to do that. But every night, so we've installed repetition. Well, if we get to the end of the year and we've only gone on 38 dates, that's 38 dates. you know. And the value of repetition has led us to that point. Even though we weren't perfect, we got closer. Doing this as long as you've been doing it, I know that uh, you've got business success stories that you've seen. What's one of those that, that just makes you stop and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that uh, uh, that turnaround happened or I was able to be a part of something that, that was able to change and really become successful? Mm. I, I, I want to give you two. Um, I, we've got legions of these and we celebrate and get so excited. So one just happened yesterday um, and I got a text on my phone. And then one happened, the finalization of this story happened just a couple of months ago. So I'll give you, uh, set the stage for both stories. So one is a story that's very minimal and it's not going to look like much. The other story is going to wow you. And so let's start with the wow because I want to end with the one that's truly impactful. So the wow is this, home building company, uh, not here in our local area, outside of town on the West Coast. So we go in and one of the things that we have all of our business owners do is subdivide their bank accounts. They got to get out of the mindset of stuffing all their money into one or two accounts. We've got to subdivide that out into at least four or five or six accounts. And so we get all of our businesses set up that way so they can put their money in a tax account, an operating expense account, a capital expense account, and all of that. And then we have them track their cash flow every single week on a report we call Level 2 Dashboard. So we started out with this business, and we've been coaching them about six months before the beginning of 2020. And we go into 2020, and I said, all right, we're going to go all in on your accounts and your dashboard. So they start doing it. Week one, Bill, and we've got this as a blinded dashboard so that our clients can see this. But week one, this business that does $12 million of revenue every year had $30,000 of available cash in their bank accounts. 
and have what we call an all-in, all-out number, meaning if they grabbed all their cash, all their receivables, and paid all their payables, what are they left with? They had an all-in, all-out number of $60,000. So $30,000 in cash on a $12 million annual revenue business. I know $33,000 sounds like a lot. That's not, it's pennies on that kind of business. So they, uh, they followed their metrics. They followed their process. They hired the right people. They did all this week after week after week after week. By the end of the year, that $30,000 of baseline cash had gone to over $400,000 of cash in 12 months. By the way, COVID year, for six weeks in April and the first two weeks of May, they were able to bill out zero. Wow. Zero. And so in that time, they had gone from 30-something thousand of cash to over $400,000 of cash. This is what's even more impressive. They're all in, all out number, which is really the, the kind of the tide level that we're looking at to see if it goes and, and raises the tide that they're floating on, uh, went from that $60,000 mark to almost $300,000. Grab all their cash, grab their receivables, pay everything else. And so you saw this multifold increase in a business just by repetition, repetition. By the way, their business didn't grow last year. They did the same amount of revenue as the year before, but their cash basis grew. So that's one success story. It's a great one. Yeah, I, and I love it. And we'll scream it to the rooftops. And it's the money stuff. It's the one, it's the eye candy. It's all of that. But this one's the one that got me was yesterday is I get a text from a business owner who I've known for years and years and years. And I know this guy's tendency. He didn't want to read. He didn't want to learn. He didn't want to grow. He just wanted to show up and do the work. He was a classic work in his business kind of business owner. And this is the guy who he didn't, he didn't even think himself he could get out of that mindset. And at one point here on the island, on Hilton Head Island, you can drive, I forget, I think it's Indigo Run. He planted 52 palm trees by himself just six years ago. Today, fast forward, he doesn't plant anything by himself. He doesn't order anything by himself. He doesn't deliver anything by himself. He doesn't do anything operationally in the business anymore. He owns the business and he's empowered his team members to run the business. And so now he's set up an executive team. It's taken him a few years to do this, set up an executive team. And now he's got this executive team. And this is a, this is a landscape supply yard who you would walk in and go, I mean, are there really executive team members here? Yes. He set up an executive team. And I got a picture yesterday of one of his team members, the nursery manager caught in the act of standing on the side of the nursery, surrounded by five team members with a process chart in her hand, holding court in a daily huddle in the middle of the day. And he caught her doing the, the, the very thing that he's been really working on to do. And it's cemented for him and for me that he is no longer working in his business. He has set up a team so that he can work on his business and provide opportunity for them. Those are the stories that fire us up. We love the money stuff. That's awesome. But the stories where you can take somebody who in a past life has had a tough work set up and has struggled, but it's got real talent and pull them out and provide opportunity for them. That's where, you know, you built a business. It truly is on purpose. That's phenomenal. That uh, I know that's so rewarding for you, rewarding yeah. for that business owner, and also uh, rewarding for all of his team members. Yeah. I want to close out today. We've talked a lot about business, but I also know you well enough to, and we heard you mention your wife and, and talk about date night, but also know you're a really, really good dad as well. And it's important that uh, we all take time to carve out time for our kids as well as our spouse. Mm. And I know you do that because I've seen, I've read, I've watched some of your posts. Just talk about, uh, just talk a little bit about what you do and, and really 
the same kit with the kids on purpose. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I always have to preface anytime we talk anything about parenting or kids that Ashley and I are still in the middle of this. And all we're doing is calling plays. So we don't know if they're going to score touchdowns. So the, all I'm going to do is share our playbook. That's it. So I don't know if that, you, you can't tell me that this works or doesn't work, but it's what's worked for us so far. So um, one of the things that we do as a mom and a dad is uh, about five years ago, uh, we took our vision story process that we had in the business and uh, I had a, a, a client, Chris Dalzell, who asked me, Scott, we do this for business. Why can't we do this for our, for our families? And so I took that model and we created a family version of it. We call it Create a Family Vision. And, and it walks families through how to create their vision. Well, our family did it about five years ago. Every year, we, we go through it about two or three times a year, but formally every year, we come get a hotel room right here on Hilton Head Island, and we hole up in the hotel room, and we go play, and we have fun, and we go to the pool, and we do all those things, usually right before school starts. And then Sunday morning, our breakfast before we leave, we pull out that binder that has our family vision written on it, and it asks our kids questions like, do you want to have a family? Where do you want to go? We have a family mission, and it's to be a light through adventure, wisdom, and time around the table. And so we talk about that all the time. Um, one of the other plays we're calling right now is, uh, is the play of what we call man up. So with our boys on Tuesday nights, we have them invite as many buddies as they want to up to our house. Ashley cooks, you know, tacos in a bag or chili or what, just bulk food, whatever feeds a bunch of these guys. And, uh, they come up and we usually do something really stupid. The other night, Pierce Scott, a local architect, for Christmas brought me a, uh, a plastic crossbow dart gun with a, with a target that's a wooden chicken. And when you hit the target on the chicken, it lays an egg. And so I took that home and uh, that was our challenge the other night. And we usually do something stupid, but I tie the challenge to what we were doing. Last year at this time, we had all those boys write down goals for 2020. And this past Tuesday night, we had them in our living room. I passed their goals back around because I keep them because they'll lose them. And uh, we had them and we, they've seen them throughout the year, but we had him go back through, and I just asked, what stuck out to you? And I'll not forget this one guy that we got. He's a senior in high school. And he goes, well, I said last year I wanted to spend less time on my phone. I said, well, how'd you do? And he goes, not very good. <laughs> but he knew. He was aware. And we had them rewrite their goals for this year. And just the simple act, again, of writing it down. You know, that, that old adage said, write the vision down so that those who read it may run. Well, you could even model that and say, write your goals down so that those who read it may run. So we try to really be intentional about having and working with our kids and their friends to write things down. And as we write them down, go back and look at them. Let's just see how we're doing. Let's see how we're going. So again, that's a play we're calling. I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, we love where our family's at right now, but we'll see as time goes on. Because we've got a sophomore at the time of this recording. We've got a sophomore in college, a senior in high school, and a sophomore in high school. So we still got plenty of time before we get any badges for anything. Well, you're, you're doing well and loved hearing that story as well. And thanks for incorporating that into our discussion today. So yeah. Scott Beebe, thank you for being with us. Business on purpose. And I also look at you as a guy with the life on purpose as well. And so thank you. And uh, those of you who have not tuned in or, or looked at his website or heard any of his other things that he does, I encourage you to do so. And again, Scott, thank you for being with yeah. us. Bill, thank you. And I want to say to you and Hallie, this is hard to do, doing a podcast. We've got one. It's a lot of work. And I just want to tell both of you, thank you for letting me be a part of it. So thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening to today's Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber Five Questions with Podcast. 
We encourage you to tune in for future episodes. We're going to be talking with more thought leaders from throughout the low country. So tune in for future shows and future podcasts with the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber. 